You're listening to Sustainably Geeky, the podcast for everyday environmentalists. Hello and welcome to Sustainably Geeky, episode 18. This is Jennifer and I am here with special guest Chad Pogracki. Did I say that correctly? You did. You nailed it. I should have asked before. Sorry. Um, And it's just me today from our normal cast. Uh, the other two were out, but uh, we're going to have a great conversation with Chad. Um, he is the 2013 CNN Hero of the Year, a modern day leader and proof that one person can make a difference. What started as one man's crusade at age 23 to clean up the Mississippi River has evolved into a cultural movement that had resulted in more than 10 million pounds of garbage being cleaned out of America's rivers. We now know that 90% of ocean trash comes from rivers, so we are stopping it at its source, and we need all the help we can get. The vision and leadership skills that Chad possesses has inspired 115,901 people and counting to volunteer their time and resources. Wow, that's like a small city or large city. Um, So Chad is the founder of Living Lands and Waters, a nonprofit organization dedicated to preserving our nation's rivers and the only industrial strength river cleanup operation like it in the world. Um, I'm going to let Chad kind of talk about what they do, but that was a really broad overview of what he started um, several years ago and how it's grown into this huge uh, monumental organization that really impacts the entire country now. So, Chad, would you tell us? little bit more about you know what you do and yeah. why you started doing it I guess sure um, happy to do so and thanks for having me on the show uh, yeah so I grew up just how this organization living lands and waters started was I I grew up right on the Mississippi River just my parents house is right on the water and um, I you know when I was 15 years old I got into commercial shell diving that's diving for mussel shells in the bottom of the river and you're pitch black water all day, but it was how I was saving money to go to college. And then once I was in college, I stay in college. I did that, um, and I was camped out on all these islands of the upper Mississippi River. And um, I did that for six summer seasons and worked about a 150-mile stretch of the Mississippi River. And and then I was did some commercial fishing, and I also um, worked on barges. And all those different experiences, I kept seeing how trash the Mississippi River had become. Like, you know, for many years, people just dumped in the river, and because the current would just take this stuff away, out of sight, out of mind. And and then all the floods that came down, or whatever the reason it was in there. It was there had been a lot of a lot of trash accumulating and, and nobody was doing anything about it. And so for four years, I tried to get the state of Illinois to to um, uh, see if they would help me, like clean it up. And I just I didn't get anywhere. I had a lot of people tell me no. And so essentially, I um, just um, I got I got the idea through a NASCAR race to get a sponsor. And I got one sponsor in uh 97 and i started just working with the little clamming boat or the shell diving boat that i had and filling it up kind of like a floating dumpster and so yeah now what's formed into an organization and i never set out to start an organization didn't really even know what that consisted of or what that was and but it was once i started doing it i loved doing it and um and so yeah in 1998 i started living lands and waters and here I am on your podcast. This is pretty cool. So, yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. 20 plus years ago, you just basically 
got sick of seeing trash in your backyard and said, I'm going to do something about it. Um, you just thought I'm going to do a little bit here and there. Next thing you know, you've got more sponsors and people coming to help and, and you've really just started this huge movement. Um, that That's pretty incredible. You, you know what though? Like the movement was already there. There just wasn't like somebody focused on it. Like no one, it's, it's really neat what, you know, we, we basically remove all the garbage, all the plastics, you know, thousands of barrels, thousands of tires, thousands of refrigerators, section at thousands it's a thousand refrigerators but anyway you know everything so big down to a pop can yeah and so big and small we, we we take it out of there but the movement was already there i just you know timing is everything and i you know i didn't have a grand plan i i, I just started and and was just started working from my parents house there and just started doing it and boatload after boatload and and i you know, people started seeing me. I got some media attention and just helped kind of perpetuate it into something bigger. And you just, you know, figure things out as they go and you try some things, some things work, some things don't. And just try to just keep keep moving forward is, the, I think, the, the key. And, and uh, you know, but but I'm, I'm I always say I'm part of a movement for cleaner water. And uh, but now with, you know, the all the focus on the oceans and things like that, like the public is definitely uh, more aware of, 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 of trash in our rivers and trash in our oceans. And it's a, it's a big thing. So, you know, things have really come around since I started, there wasn't a lot of attention at the time, but there's a lot of people who cared. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because a lot of times I think a lot of us see a, a, an issue in our community and we think, gosh, I'm the only one that cares about this. and the only one who, who sees this, um, and we just don't do anything because we think we're the only ones when, in fact, like you said, other people are probably just as frustrated as us or, you know, desperate for change. And they don't um, it, it's like nobody talks to each other and nobody gets together to kind of work on this problem when it really only takes one person to kind of step up and say, hey, I'm going to do my part. And then everybody else thinks, well, I'm going to join you and, and see what we can do together. Yeah. And, and, and again, I, you know, I said I didn't have a grand plan, but like instantly like people other environmental groups and different people wanted to come out and help me and i didn't realize how necessarily valuable that would be and and but um this the isaac walton league which is one of the oldest environmental groups and sierra club and some other ones wanted to come help and and i kind of i wouldn't say i blew them off i just didn't i was just doing it and then they uh they're like where are you gonna be on this saturday and and i was like i'm gonna be here so they came and joined and it was amazing and i met great people we got so much more done than i could ever do and i realized right then that this could be the key to really making a big difference and uh so you know just just uh kind of figured it out uh that way and and um yeah so a lot of people doing a lot of good stuff i'm just you know part of a much bigger deal yeah, that's interesting. Um, you say that, that your piece is a small piece of the puzzle when it comes to water cleanup. So uh, I guess let's let's delve into that. Why is, you know, keeping our waterways clean important? I know that might seem like a silly question, but for those listening, I mean, a lot of people, I think, take it for granted that you turn on the faucet and clean water comes out. But a lot of work actually goes into um, getting that water, treating it, and ensuring that we have it to begin with because because not all of the lakes and rivers out there are actually drinkable in their current state. Correct. 
like for instance the mississippi river there's 18 million people that get their daily drinking water from the mississippi river wow. and that's pretty much been our main focus but you know it's one reason to 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 get it clean and keep it clean and you know just if you just took the barrels that we're pulling out like you know thousands of 55 gallon barrels and some of them have bad stuff in them you know there's farm chemicals and oil and all this and and that's just one of the one thing out of the many things we pull out but uh and another thing too is what what's really good about what we do too is like it gives people an opportunity to do something positive you know um and garbage is not necessarily the biggest issue that the rivers face you know there's a lot of a lot of bigger problems problems you can't see necessarily or can't tangibly do something about but i think getting the hundred and some thousand people out that have uh came out and helped out of really i think it's not only the first step uh or one step in the right direction it's two or three so it gets people to care about it they've got a stake in it and now hopefully when it comes to the bigger issues siltation and runoff and things like that um you know i think we're in a small way helping helping part of that as well but uh and if people think your river's trashed because they see garbage that's how they're going to treat it you know i think it's a broken window theory that like um Giuliani had said in New York you know you got one one building that's dilapidated and then pretty soon the next one's the next ones and and I think that kind of goes for the river in some places and uh people just instead of thinking how beautiful it is and how wonderful it is and full of wildlife you know they they see barrels and tires laying everywhere and they kind of like oh it's a dirty river and that's kind of what when I started that was kind of the vibe you know that's what a lot of people kind of thought and oh you live down by the river isn't it gross you swim in that but it has changed and and honestly it's changed in a big way just to give props to you and what you're doing because of like the media and now podcast and and social media is really it's helped make the change in in, in a in a pretty fast way really so change for the better yeah and, you know, you mentioned um, swimming in, in the water. I mean, recreation is a huge part of our waterways. Um, yeah. So that's an important reason to keep them clean, but also their habitat for thousands of species of animals and plants. Um, and, and a lot of people like to fish and a lot of people just, you know, care about those species just for the sake of them having a place to live. So, I, I mean, obviously there's so many reasons to, um, one, not pollute in the first place and two, up what's already in there and, and keep it that way if i can just add to that like so a lot of people where i live and in different places i certainly work there's so many people that fish so not only do we drink the water but we also are eating the fish out of the river and i've been places down south um, like around memphis where this is no joke people are literally sitting in garbage that was washed up there and there and the stuff is still floating and they're casting out beyond the layers oh of garbage. but they're there they're not there for fun they're there to eat you know yeah and, uh, i mean they're there for recreation and fun but they're they're eating the fish and so my brother's also a commercial fisherman and uh so yeah i think drinking the water and and we're eating eating the fish is just two of the many reasons to keep it clean get it clean and keep it clean yeah, and uh, you mentioned some of those 
barrels full of chemicals in the water. I mean, you got to think the fish drink that. It ends yep. up in their bloodstream and their meat. And then if people are eating that, and the same thing with like the microplastics we're finding totally. in animals all the time. Um, yeah, everything we put in the water could end up back in our bodies. Um, so for our own health, it's really important that we um, stay on top of that. And not only the rivers too, but like I have one of the world's largest message in a bottle collections and the the oh, garbage. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we find a lot of them and that could be a whole podcast in itself. There's some really cool ones, but not to digress. But my point is some of those bottles travel hundreds of miles down and and it's just one example like this stuff moves and some of it winds up in the gulf of mexico coming out of the mississippi river so it winds up in our oceans and i know last week i think it was like 260 some pounds of garbage was found in a whale's belly and uh i just you know it's there's a lot of focus on oceans but 90 percent of all the stuff that we um uh, that is in the ocean came out of rivers. Now, not necessarily the United States, but uh, certainly throughout the world. But so I kind of feel like in some ways we're catching it at its source before it's going into the oceans. Yeah, that's that's a great point, because um, we do talk a lot about the oceans. And um, when you have something like a whale, something as big as a whale wash up on shore, it, it gets a lot of attention. But um we don't think about those, you know, non-point sources where everything's coming from and then collecting in the first place. So, okay, we, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, point on that, like, the whale having that much garbage in it is actually something that kind of moves people, you know, in some ways and sometimes uh, moves them for the better because people are, you know, just, they're mad about it and they're disgusted about it sometimes makes change similar to um, when the Cuyahoga river in Ohio started on fire and that's how the clean water act came about. So it was a terrible thing, totally polluted river, but something good came out of it. And um, you know, so I mean, just equating it to the bigger picture with what we're doing, getting all those people involved and having some solid results. Like I feel like good things are, are happening out of something that's bad and, that's pretty much where my focus usually is, you know, sometimes I get discouraged, but yeah. (laughs) No, that's a great point because um, I I think I read in Sylvia Earle's book, the world is blue. She talks about the importance of oceans, but how people are so removed from the ocean because it's so far and it's so vast and it's just not in front of us every day, like trees or other things. So um, bringing the attention to, that with something big like a whale or a river on fire um, yeah. is definitely an, it's, it's it's a terrible tragedy, but it's hopefully something like you said that we can we can use to motivate us to do good mm-hmm. with. So, yeah. um, so, so I want to talk about okay, you've removed more than 10 million pounds of waste and you're still going. So obviously there's yeah. still more out there after 20 something years. Um, but how did we get that much trash in our rivers? I mean. I know for hundreds of years, we've just been throwing things away, you know, like like you said, out of sight, out of mind. But, um, you know, what, what do you think caused that mindset or, or why did people just think I'm going to throw this in the river and then be done with it um, for decades? It, it is like, you know, some of it's generational. If their grandparents did it, then their parents did it and the kids do it. Um, 
and that's just how things were done. People just threw it in the river, you know, in, in different places and, and uh, but floods do it too. So not, it's not all intentional by any means, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, we, we do produce a lot of plastics, a lot of garbage. We're a throwaway society and not everything always gets put in its proper place or recycled. And, and it does make its way, you know, if it goes, you know, something flies out of the back of a truck or somebody litters a bottle, it goes in a storm drain, winds up in the river and it winds up somewhere. You're going to see it in most of the places I work. I mean, if I just give you, um, I think in about a three week period on the Ohio river, this is about two less than two months ago. We did, it's like 110,000 pounds. And that really was, we only worked in about a three mile stretch of the river. Now those are concentrated oh. areas where stuff just deposits, but, um, it kind of gives you a snapshot. Like there's a lot of stuff, but the operation that we run is, you know, it's, 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 we can handle that sort of volume, but it's terrible that it's in there it comes from different sources. And, and, uh, you know, with a lot of times we have to just focus on trying to get this stuff out of there. Cause it's not, not an easy process. Yeah, you have several barges now. Yeah. Correct. And how many, I guess, tons or pounds can, can those each hold? How do you kind of measure? I mean, do each one have a specific purpose or can you just put whatever you find on any of them? Uh, so we have five barges, two big towboats. We have an excavator for grabbing the heavy stuff with a 50-foot grapple. John Deere hooked us up with that. Um and then we have like six work boats, so 30-foot work boats. And, and then we have uh, on one of the barges is our floating headquarters. It's like dorm-style living. There's about 10 of us that live on there. And then we have a classroom, so we have two full-time teachers on staff. So that's one one barge. And the rest of the barges, like we'll use one for just tires. We'll use one for just scrap metal and appliances. We'll use... And then we'd have the, the, the basically all like the garbage bags, um, which is just our biggest barge because there's so much plastics now with, you know, plastic bottles and things like that. So then we go back and we sort all that out as well. And then we have like a containment area for all the hazardous waste that, uh, you know, just there's there's unfortunately there's like batteries, propane tanks, uh, the barrels. Um, lots of TV sets, like TV sets, the old school ones with the tube, not the flat CRT, screen. CRT, yeah. yeah. Those all float. Bowling balls Ugh. float and all that. So you just see them floating down the river a bunch. And, uh, you know, so uh, each one is utilized for a different purpose. But uh, it, it took a long time to figure out what works and what doesn't and trial and error. And a lot of the stuff just somebody gave us or we just fixed it up. So it wasn't like we just went out and bought it new, you know. So, yeah. Well, that's great that you had that support or that – I think you mentioned um, in, when I met you in, in Austin, you did a talk there yeah. uh, that sometimes companies would just be decommissioning equipment and yeah. ask if you wanted it, right? And you had yeah. to figure out where to put it, but you'd say, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, we, we have so much support in so many different ways, I and mean, we can always use more support and, and uh, you know, a lot of individuals support us. But certainly we have a lot of a uh, lot of companies that support us. And, and uh, yeah, just if, you know, people know who we are and are, you know, it's like you, you just get out and ask people and that's what you got to do. And if you don't, you don't ask, you don't, you don't get. So it's kind of right. one of those deals. And uh, 
but half of it's just knowing what you need, you know? So. So what, um, what do you do with the stuff once you collect it? Do you have a specific drop-off point? Do you have a cooperation with different cities that you can kind of bring this waste to, to be processed or how does that work? You know, it's tough because sometimes we, we will get, we'll fill up a lot faster than what we, uh, we, you can't gauge a lot of times how fast you're going to fill up. So you don't know exactly where you're going to be uh, unloading, which makes it really tricky. My wife usually takes care of a lot of the uh, unloads and it's very complex. Uh, you know, you might have, I don't know, eight, eight semis or something taking stuff to different places. And we have a good program with Bridgestone. Like they'll take all of our tires and, you know, we're loading like barge loads. I think we have 3000 some tires right now. It looks like I'm sitting, I took a picture. It looks wow. like sitting on a mountain of tires, but they'll come and do that. But uh, we're actually unloading next week, um, doing a thing with uh, uh, Mike Wolf and uh, a film crew, but we're unloading uh, um Right now, we actually have another barge. We got so full, we had to get the biggest barge you've ever seen, and it's it's uh, it's holding a lot of our stuff. So yeah, it, it the, everything we do when it comes to that is is pretty complex because you can't really plan where you're going to be able to unload. So it makes it a little difficult. Right. So you got to be flexible and yeah. Hopefully, your partners understand that and are willing to work with you on. On a lot of that. Normally they are. And at the end of the day, a lot of times, you know, you're not going to get any deals um, and you just have to pay to get rid of it because you're full. And that's just what it is. And that's, you know, it takes a lot of money to, to, to run the operation. And so um, just you got to you got to do it, you know. Yeah. Which is why if, if you're so inclined, um, you can donate to their organization. It is a nonprofit. And. All the money you can, uh, as you can see, goes towards just keeping the boats afloat and getting the trash off of them. Yeah, um, that's pretty so much it. So <laughs> you've, you've, you've talked about some of the standard stuff you find in the water, but what are some of the weird things, like the weirdest things you found other than maybe the, the messages in a bottle, which is pretty cool? Yeah, no, it is. And actually, uh, um, uh, I, that's my favorite thing to find. That's like... There's like a, a trash pyramid when it comes to the crew, like, and, you know, it's kind of like competitive a little bit. You try to outdo the next boat of what you find. But, you know, when you're living out there months on end, sometimes it, you, you try to do anything to keep you kind of going. And like a scavenger if, hunt, kind of. Totally. <laughs> and you get more, you know, like you just, you, you get more because you're coming around, whatever. Anyway, uh, the messaging bottle will be at top. The bowling ball would be second. Um, refrigerators would be third and then, you know, there's a whole host of different things like, uh, but, um, we've have found safes with the sides blown off of them from way back off of a steamboat, you know, or somebody blew them up to try to get the money, whatever the contents was. You find a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of those, uh, safes that are like century fireproof boxes, you know, where people have them in their house. So if there's a fire, their contents doesn't get burned, but People steal those valuables and break them and throw them off bridges and in the water. ATM machines, motorcycles, cars, vans, tops of school buses. Um, you know, you, you just, you know, there's guns. I mean, you just never know what you're going to find. But it's not all the time. But, you know, you're typically dealing with the kind of the same contents, you know, thousands and thousands of plastic bottles, 
plastic barrels. I mean, you just, you name it. It's just, there's a lot of the random stuff, you know? Are you guys just uh, picking up stuff that floats? So um, the river, unlike a lake or, you know, other bodies of water, it, the river really can move stuff pretty good. So even like a washing machine, somebody will throw in the river. It, it, it literally, you know, when the water's ripping, like in the springtime, it'll just roll down the shore. When you guys are picking up trash from the water, are you pretty much just getting what floats or do you have a way to kind of dredge the floor and pick up things that have sunk? So it to easily answer that question. A third of it is in the water, a third of it is right on the bank, and a third of it is like up on the shore, higher. Um, but everything was in the water. Um, what happens is a lot of the stuff comes in and floods, you know, it like picks stuff up and it moves it, and it'll deposit it up like on the islands or different places. So, um, you know, it is kind of broken up in thirds pretty much. Like, the last couple months we've been working right at the water's edge and, and into the water a little bit. And that's where we did the over a hundred thousand pounds in a three mile stretch. So, um, yeah. And okay. in some places there's just floating garbage everywhere and you're just picking it out of boat. <laughs> so it just depends on where you're at and what level the waters are. at. Interesting. Okay. So you, yeah, you don't even have to really dig for it if you will. Um, no, it's just really. kind of, yeah. There for the taken. <laughs> um, so where do you currently clean up and, and do you have any plans to expand your reach? I know you're probably always looking at, you know, where's the next place or do you go back to kind of the same spots over and over? So we um, we kind of we we're always we try to stay in a place uh, until one, we feel like it's cleaned up, you know, like it's a noticeable difference or we've made some good momentum with the uh, people who live around there and they're trying to keep it clean. Um, and uh, so some places we might've worked for 10 different years and went back and back there and, you know, just kept building and cleaning and cleaning until we had to move on. And we always are looking for new spots that need to be cleaned and, and, and our equipment will be useful there. And, and, uh, um, you know, in some ways there's not a lot, there's no, no shortage of places to clean, but, um, we typically work east of the, east of the Mississippi on sort of those bigger rivers. And, um, like we might start off in Memphis, Tennessee and work on the Mississippi. And then we go up the Ohio this year, we're going to go up the Illinois river, which basically has started in Chicago and ends near St. Louis. Um, or we've done some work on the Missouri River, but we also will sometimes go out east without the barges, but just all of our work boats. And uh, we'll work in Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, New York City. Um, and so, you know, it just depends on what we're doing and what needs to be done and the spots we found and all that. But uh, it keeps it it keeps it fresh. You know, there's, you know, checking out new places. It's an adventurous job, oh, which yeah. can also be wearing, too. But uh, it, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I imagine you said um, you work with the communities that you clean up. So do the um, places typically, you know, do they maintain them after guys leave? I imagine that takes a lot of, um, you know, locals yeah. um, staying on top of that because you obviously can't be everywhere at once. 
Well, we, we started what's called an adopt a Mississippi River Mile, adopt a River Mile. And, and so a lot of people, we try to get that, we try to push that um, as much as we can for people just to keep it, keep it clean. And uh, um, so far, so good, but we're always looking for more people to adopt uh, different stretches. Yeah, we, so we have the, um, we try to push our adopt a River Mile. And um, so far, been pretty successful, always can be more successful. Um, but just getting people to take that section and that's really what the river needs, like getting it clean and keeping it clean is two different things. So you just need people going out there a couple times a year, once a year, whatever it takes with groups of people and, and maintaining it and, uh, you know, just kind of conquer little by little. So it's kind of similar to adopt a highway, adopt yeah. a park. You just, that's, your group or your I family. Did. Yeah. I mean, I was just driving awesome. down the road, I'm like adopt a highway. I'm like, why wouldn't we adapt a river? You know, not everything is super complex. I was like, that that makes sense, and it kind of grew from there. And I think we have like, I think it's like a uh, hundred and eighty miles adopted. I'd have to check on that, but it, oh, it's uh, it's it's quite a bit. And uh, so yeah, pretty proud of it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, if you already have a boat or you live nearby and you're on the water, you may as well you know take a day and and or a few hours and pick up the trash you see that that's 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 what we hope i love that concept all right so um we've talked about the stuff that you guys found and kind of the transformation so well well let's go ahead and talk about how folks could get involved i know if if people live near the places you're cleaning you know obviously they could volunteer to come out but if if they don't live um nearby you know how can they get involved in this kind of work or even support your organization yeah, and and you know um, certainly um, you know we we need living lands and waters. You can go to livinglandsandwaters.org if you don't live near a river or can't get out there and, and think it's a worthwhile cause. We did five hundred and twenty thousand pounds this year alone. Um, we, you know we use all the support, financial support you can give. But um, so livinglandsandwaters.org, check it out, and we got Facebook, Twitter. Um, but anyway, uh, the other thing is, is like locally, like there's a lot of organizations doing great work, probably close to where somebody's living currently. And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I would say get involved with local organization that needs your help. And, uh, um, you know, not, not, you know, not say we don't need the help, but, but local's great. And that's really how the world becomes a better place is, you know, just acting local. I, I truly believe in that. So, uh. Yeah, but you know we're not everywhere, but we have we have a schedule. Um, it's not out right now, but we'll be soon where we're going to be next year, and we cover a lot of ground. And uh, but yeah, I'd say just get in, get involved local. You know, there's I guarantee there's an organization nearby that uh, is probably doing good work and can definitely use the help. Yeah, there's um you know near where we live, there's like a Save Our Springs or a Friends yeah. of this totally. waterway or that waterway. Yep. So. Uh, look for things like that, or like yep. you mentioned earlier, the Sierra Club, the Nature Conservancy, the Ocean Conservancy. They all do great work in like restoring awesome. and cleaning yep. all those waterways. So, and, and um, you know what? if money, you don't have a lot of money to give, maybe you have some other skill. Maybe you're good with computers or, or something. Maybe serve on a board of directors or or just volunteer your time just to spend time in an office answering phones. There's different ways, and uh, and every organization needs help. There's no question about it. Oh yeah. Every nonprofit. Yeah. Um, 
I did notice on your website, you guys have like an alternative spring break and you yeah. have kind of group volunteer options. Do you want to yeah. talk on that real quick for folks that may Absolutely. be looking for something to do yep. as a group? So our alternative spring break is a great program. We, um, uh, we invite college students from all over the country. We've had a lot of Texas students, California, Florida, I mean, Michigan, you name it, they've come from all over. We've had over 100 different colleges and universities come and participate. Each student, we've averaged about, um, averaged it out. It's about 1,200 pounds of garbage they pick up in four days. We do it in March. It's the second, third, and fourth week in March. Uh, this year, if you go to livinglandsandwaters.org, check it out. Go to the um, uh, Alternative Spring Break. Uh, that's a great program. And then, you know, we have different community cleanups, different places, uh, throughout the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, we, we, we love, we love help. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So if you just want to take a week off or a few days and find yeah. out where they're at, um, you know, show up and look us up, email us, let us know. And, and, uh, we'll, we'll tell you the best place to go. And, uh, no, I, I can guarantee a good experience and it'll be a worthwhile venture. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you've kind of mentioned a few, uh, you know, groups that do this kind of work, but do you have any other resources or uh, media that you would suggest for folks to look into if they want to learn more about the work you're doing or just, you know, water quality, water conservation in general? Um, I, I thought the River Keepers book, the, the first one was really good. I really liked that. I learned a lot. And, um, not to take you too far down in the weeds and that, but uh, I thought it was interesting. Like the in there, it says the world's not destroyed. You know, just boom, it's destroyed. It's one piece at a time. And then I equated that to what I'm doing out there. It needs to be fixed that same way. So that was a, a cool takeaway from that book. That's one of my favorite books. Um, but you know, just like the Sierra Club magazine, the Audubon magazine, like. A National Geographic is amazing. I mean, you know, so those are kind of things I'm into, and and all of those guys have podcasts. Um, they all have social media, but um, you know, I just, yeah. And one awesome. thing about what we do too is like, you know, I don't feel like what we do is just green. I feel like it's more red, white, and blue. Like I feel like what we're doing, we as in you, we as in anybody into the environment that's trying to conserve. Um, resources for future generations or clean up rivers or what plant trees. I feel like that's all patriotic work. It's not, you know, it's not a green thing. It's just an American thing is how I look at it. And like I work with and live with on the barge, a lot of really hardworking Americans. And those are the people that come out and help us out. And so I, I think there's different ways to serve your country. And I'm, I'm stoked to be doing that. You know, and I know that yeah. wasn't a question, but uh, no, that's, I just wanted to make a point about that, that I think it's a good patriotic thing to do, you know. That's a great outlook. And, um, it, you know, what's more patriotic than, than taking care of where you live and, and yeah. making sure that future generations can enjoy it for that matter? Because um, we're, we're kind of cleaning up the messes of, like you said, that, that have been put in place over many, many years and, and generations. So we want to make sure that our future generations don't have to deal with that same stuff and that, you know, we can enjoy it while we're here. Yeah. And just sure. act locals. Like, you don't. I mean, I never set out to change the world. I'm just, I want, you know, I think just 
changing your world. If it's something you don't like in your world and the river was my world and that's kind of how I got into this and that's kind of just keeping it simple. And, and that's really how the world changes. You know, a lot of people doing that. I mean, was it Margaret right. me sort of, mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I think you're, <laughs> no, your story is very inspirational and it, and it kind of goes to show how one person can make a huge difference. Um, as Margaret Mead said, and, uh, you know, when you think about it, if we all try to do everything, we're not going to end up really making any difference because we're all going to be overwhelmed. But if we each do something here and something here and something here, we'll find that we'll get the entire spectrum covered um, mm-hmm. because we have people all across the, the country and the globe. So um, definitely local is where it has to start. And if you feel like that's not enough, you can, of course, donate to other organizations and give your time to them. But don't get overwhelmed with the prospect of I have to be everywhere at once because it's really easy to do. I get that way, too. Um, when we see all these things in the world. <laughs> you know, the need one to thing I've, been, I've been focusing on, too, is like, you know, you don't have to go far to make a difference for wildlife. You can just do it in your yard plant trees like oak trees and, and bushes that the birds like i mean there there's a lot you can do right there and then enjoy the wildlife because if you do plant it they will come and uh it's really and i mean that's i'm kind of pushing that too it's just like think small but it made a lot of people doing small things make a big difference you know yeah it's it's really amazing um i started gardening this year and i discovered bugs i never knew existed <laughs> but <laughs> hopefully they but also, eating, eating all some of them the some of them were unfortunately but i'm always amazed at like how did you find me because right. here i am in the middle of this you know city and i've never seen these animals or plants before and right. they just pop up in the middle of my yeah. garden and, um, and speaking of that i love trees too and we have our own nursery and we um, grow oak trees because they create more food for wildlife. And that's how I got into it, planting them on the islands of the Mississippi. Wow. But my wife runs the program, crushes it. She does a great job. She, and she, with the help of the staff and lots of volunteers, we've either either planted or given away 1,330,000 trees. So wow. we love trees too. It's not our main focus as an organization, but it's something that you know can help leave a legacy and give people the tools to make a big, a big difference, you know? Yeah. Trees are amazing and super important. And, and I mean, it does kind of work hand in hand because a lot of times they, you know, if they're planted strategically, they can help with runoff and yeah. erosion into Absolutely. the, the river. So hundred percent filters. Awesome. Well, you have given me so much to think about and, um, I just want to make sure we've covered everything here. Um, so actually, I, I failed to mention this at the beginning, but happy early birthday. Tomorrow, I believe, is your birthday, correct? Uh, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> happy belated Chad Progracki Day. That was on December 1st, I was told. Yeah. yeah so, no. Well, it's a big honor. It's cool. Yeah, it's in my state, <laughs> Illinois. and. Uh, cool. It is really cool, no, just to be recognized. And, like, I'm always kind of uncomfortable with – you know, awards and things like that. But um, just because I've met so many people like you, I mean, have you got any awards? Um, Not anything like that. I've been well, like, you should. Write-ups you know what? So, I think we're going to give you an award, but it is people <laughs> like you. There's a lot of unsung heroes and we, I have got a lot of attention for what I do, but it's truly a lot of people like yourself um, that start things and doing things and, and, you know, you don't have to do this. This is such a cool thing. And, uh, so it's like, I always feel a little bit weird about 
the attention or the awards because I just I met so many great people. So props to you and 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 keep it up. And this is really cool. And uh, well, if you like this podcast, uh, you should uh, tell two or three of your friends to get some more, <laughs> right? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That's how it starts. You got to share it with everyone. But but yeah, thank you for what you do. And, and I know you don't like the attention, but um, but we appreciate you being on and uh, and kind of sharing your story with us and hopefully getting more folks uh, energized about doing some of the volunteer work we've talked about. Um, so is there anything else that we haven't covered that you want to talk about in regards to what, you know, living lands and waters or just kind of water quality in general just to, just no i mean mainly the, just the bigger stuff if if everybody had a cause you know and and just you know and volunteers so even a little bit of time every year and everybody's really busy but the world truly would be a much better place and in in so i just encourage everybody to do what they can and and uh keep doing it and and make it happen yeah right well um with that, I, I, that's a good segue into our green life hacks, which uh, my own grief li- green life hack today is um, actually, because it's Giving Tuesday, uh, is to consider donating or volunteering with a nonprofit that um, speaks to a cause that you care about. Um, so we've mentioned several in this podcast, but if there's a specific cause or a local organization that you're, you know, really uh, excited about, then I would say give what you can. If you can give five, ten dollars, or a hundred dollars, um, or if you can't give money and you can give your time, as as Chad mentioned, um, everyone, every nonprofit in the world can always use more volunteers, board members, uh, whatever your talents are. They'll probably be very thankful for them. Um, and I that through the end of the month, Patagonia is matching any donations that folks make and they have um, a list of you know environmental nonprofits through their website that you can check out so check that out for the month of December you can double your impact that way and see you know who is near you that that could um, use use a little extra help so Chad do you have a green life hack to share with us today um I just um I would say just I would say support local I just want to say that that's Stay with that. That's that's good stuff. But I also want to mention too uh, that Cliff Bar, the energy bar, started what's called In Good Company, and it's worth checking out. They have a website, but it's like all these great companies like Patagonia, different companies participating um, that are just like-minded, and it's a wonderful program, and we're part of it, and we're happy to be part of it. I want to plug for them, a shout out for them. So yeah, awesome. That sounds like a great organization to add to the list. Okay, well, um, where can our listeners find you online, Um, whether it's you specifically or your organization? This is your chance to kind of plug everything you want to plug one last time. Just go to our website, livinglandsandwaters.org. We also did have a a Facebook page and uh, Instagram and just uh, Twitter. Uh, We have have it all, but I will tell you I'm super low-tech, so – we have some people on our staff that we live with on the barge that uh, do a wonderful job in keeping that updated. We got some great stuff, so check it out. And uh, yeah, cool. Thank you. And um, I I forgot to bring this up when we were talking about resources, but you actually have a book, which yeah. um, I bought and I have to I have not read yet, but it's it's on my list to I, read. I, um, I've heard it's terrible. <laughs> well, no, yeah, it's probably not. 
<laughs> so what's, what's the name of your book? And Fine. It's can... called uh, From the Bottom Up. I uh, put it out uh, with National Geographic, and I'm, I'm currently working on my second book with the same guy I wrote the first one with. But it's it's just uh, the how I started this and what it's growing into and, and a lot of trials and tribulations along the way and boats sinking and no money and just every high water. I mean, every problem you could ever think of that's been thrown at us and uh you know but um I, I really have been told it's a really good book and uh um i'm enjoying working on my second one but yeah from the bottom up uh and uh you can you can email us and we could send you one and uh but yeah i hope i hope you enjoy it and uh yeah, yeah i'm excited to read it and um it's if, if you are interested in learning more about about chad and the organization you know obviously an hour podcast isn't very much time to get into every little detail. So that's a great way to kind of learn more and, and uh, see what happens behind the scenes, I guess, and we're, how we're they gonna, got through all that. Well, we're going to plug your, your, your program, your podcast as oh, well on our stuff. Cause we want you to grow and this is really cool what you're doing. I'm, I'm just can't, can't say enough. So you keep well, it up. I appreciate up. that. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, for those who want to find us, uh, the Sustainably Geeky podcast, you can find the show anywhere you pretty much you get your podcast. Um, we'll post the show to YouTube, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Pandora, and um, all the other normal places. Uh, we do have a Facebook and an Instagram. You can follow us there. And um, we are part of the Epically Geeky channel, so um, we also have Epically Geeky and Marginally Geeky. <laughs> you can see we have a theme going. So if you're into that kind of stuff, you can check us there. Um, me personally, I'm on all three of the shows. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Het's Gonna Be Me. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's where you can find us. Hopefully you enjoy the show and We'll subscribe, uh, give us a five-star rating, and as Chad said, please share us with your friends and family. Thank you for listening, and for everyone on the show, have a great rest of your day. This has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network.